Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to this installment of the Steel Conversation. And we are now on the eve of the opening kickoff of the 2015 regular season. Again, thanks for joining us here at the Steel Conversation. My name is Brian Diardo, and uh, a pleasure to welcome in Oliver Thomas, who, along with myself, is a 24 7 uh, NFL reporter. He covers the Patriots for their website. Um, the New England 24-7 website for the Patriots. Uh, Oliver uh, is a New Hampshire alum, as you Steeler fans know. That's also where Dan Kreider, our longtime fullback, uh, reigned from, went to New Hampshire as well. He's been covering the Patriots for the past four years and has been full-time with us since April of this past year. So, uh, first of all, Oliver, you're covering the defending champs, so life's pretty good. Uh, talk about, uh, you know, this past off season and, and uh your expectations uh, in New England and, and your expectations of the team going into this year. Well, uh, thanks for having me on, Brian. Um, well, it's been quite the off season. Uh, probably not a lot of time for the players to really uh, let the uh, Super Bowl sink in. Um, but it's it's been busy. Um, obviously, some key departures: um, Darrell Revis, Brandon Browner, Vince Wilfork from the defensive side of the ball. But um, it's it's been a wait and see approach with uh in training camp and the preseason with the guys that are uh now stepping into those uh opportunities really. Right. And you know you know, Oliver, when we look at the Steelers and Patriots, a lot of similarities. You have the established quarterbacks and actually uh when Big Ben and, and Brady play tomorrow night, they will set an NFL record for the most Super Bowls won between dueling quarterbacks in a game. Uh back in seventy nine, Bradshaw, Terry Bradshaw and Roger Staubach the first two quarterbacks that have won five Super Bowls at that time uh, to face each other in a game. Terry, you know, won his fourth month later in Super Bowl 13. So kind of cool that's going to happen. But but when you look beyond that, there's questions on defense, as you alluded to, with, with New England. I mean, Darrell Revis is a massive loss. Uh, but I don't really blame New England, as, as you know. I mean, the, the guy the guy asks for a lot of money. He kind of goes to the highest bidder. Um, so he's back in New York. Um, same thing kind of with the Steelers. We have questions, obviously, on our defense. Does it surprise you that that New England is is so heavily favored over the Steelers, considering the fact that that both teams have so many you know questions on defense? Um, you know, I, I kind of it, it is a bit of a surprise. You obviously they've changed a little bit since they last played in 2013, um, but at, at the same time, I, I guess I can't even recall what the final score of that game was, but. Uh, <laughs> Aaron Dobson a lot caught to a two touchdown passes. <laughs> yeah, Aaron Dobson, uh, game of his rookie year. So, yeah, a lot's changed since then. But um, I don't know the what is the exactly the uh, who's like how much is it, uh, it was six and, and a half favorite? points, it, six and a half points, which is the highest spread of any NFL matchup this week. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'd say uh, that's probably saying less about the uh, Steelers than it is about the situation the Patriots currently find themselves in. <laughs> well, I think, and I could be wrong, but I think a lot of it is just, just, just the head. Okay, so you've got New England who won the Super Bowl, Tom Brady's back, and the Steelers' defense is, is supposedly terrible, and we don't have Martavis Bryant and Le'Veon Bell. So when you look at those three or four things, I think people just see that much and, and don't look at the gray that you see that black and white and say, okay, that's why New England's favored. Is that I don't know if you would agree with that, but you that's seem to fair. Be like people I'd say that's look at fair. three or four facts. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. I mean, without Martavis Bryant and Le'Veon Bell, that that certainly changes up the offensive game plan quite a bit. 
Oh, absolutely. And, you know, one one thing that, that, that New England's always been good at, and I, I know you attested this too, uh, Kevin Colbert for the Steelers, our GM, has done a good job um, with depth. Now, the Steelers' are, defense is going through a transition, and, you know, it takes a few years, you know, to really recoup. New England seemingly just does it every year. They just plug in a few guys with just pretty much glue and just kind of hold their defense together. Um, the Steelers are, are doing the same thing right now with their defense. But offensively, you know, in, over the last three years, he's really, you know, Colbert's really done an overhaul with our team. So I still think that Antonio Brown is still Antonio Brown. And I think that's going to be a huge matchup because, you know, who's going to guard him? Is it going to be uh, Malcolm Butler, who's going to be making his second career start? Or is it going to be your other cornerback, who I believe is, is turning uh, Logan Ryan, who's 30 years old? Because you guys have lost you know, your two starting cornerbacks from last year, uh, do you really, do you see that being a what you know possibly when the Steelers have the ball a huge advantage for Pittsburgh that people are overlooking? Yeah, I, I think anytime you go up against a wide receiver like Antonio Brown, it's uh, it's obviously a disadvantage. I, I'd be interested to see if uh, Malcolm Butler does cover him, um, but I'd also maybe look for Terrell Brown, a uh, 30-year-old veteran who spent time with the 49ers and Raiders. He's really uh, impressed. He made a strong push late in training camp in the preseason. He could see some work across from uh, Malcolm Butler and also maybe kick over to the slot when they go to the nickel defense. I, I would look for either one of those cornerbacks to try to handle Brown, but obviously a lot also hinges on the safety position behind him and you know how you elect to kind of take out you know the overtop passes and yeah, it'll they'll probably center their entire coverage around taking away Antonio Brown. Right, and then hopefully you you would hope that Marcus Wheaton, who uh, was going to be our number you know three receiver now, is, is in our two spot. You you hope that he can help out along with with Heath Miller. Um, also, D'Angelo Williams. You know, New England over the years has had you know pretty good stout rush defenses. Um, they did lose Vince Wolfork. Um, they obviously still have Rob Nikovich. Talk to me about the defensive line. Do you think Wolfork's going to be a big blow? Uh, and who do, who do they have that, that could replace him on the D-line that we should look out for tomorrow night? I think that with Wolfork, it was uh, it was just kind of time to move on on both sides. And, um, you know, he, he was playing some three technique last year, not so much nose tackle as he once did. He's still, you know, obviously one of the more versatile interior defensive linemen in the league. But, um Lessening the blow a little bit is uh, Silver Salinga is, uh, you know, he arrived on the practice squad uh, two years ago now, and he's found a place as a starter up front. And uh, alongside him, I, I, you'll likely see a large chunk of uh, first-round pick Malcolm Brown, who's, uh, you know, he's he's pretty impressive in run defense. He's not really a run stuffer, but he, he works around blocks well. And then also to account for would be Dominique Easley, uh, 2014 first-round pick who uh, was put on IR last December um, after, you know, battling back from two torn ACL suffered at uh, Florida. But uh, he's he's pretty uh, unique player in terms of, you know, they've tried him at like seven technique defensive ends and also on the inside. And he's he's actually uh, pieced together a couple strong games this preseason as a uh, a one-gap penetrator of sorts and He's uh he's created some disruption as well. I think it, it'll obviously be a blend to overcome Vince Wilfork's absence, but uh, that's kind of that's kind of been the mo of the defense for a long time. Uh, you know, 
finding parts and mixing and matching, changing defensive front from 3-4 to 4-3 between games and between snaps. Uh, that's that's probably what you'll see a good portion of. Right, yeah. And, and gosh, Alan Branch, who, who was a, a player of Michigan when I was a student there, seems like, you know, a million years ago, is, is on your depth chart as well. So interesting to see him. Tall, lengthy guy who you can really, you know, close the passing lane. So you've got him at defensive tackle as well, which I found pretty impressive that he's still in the league. He's got to be somewhere north or south, 30 years old, somewhere around that that realm. This is uh, the Steel Conversation again. Brian Deere, Oliver Thomas, previewing the Steelers and Patriots game Thursday night, about six minutes left in the show. So, you know, we've talked about New England's defense, you know, what to expect. Uh, now let's talk about the offense. Um, you know, it, it, it's been, again, you know, highly reported that Steelers have struggled in the preseason. But, again, injuries really – and Shamarco Thomas are, are two starting safeties, uh, dealt with injuries during training camp the preseason. Uh, you know, Lawrence Timmons suffered a turf toe. He missed about a month. Uh, Stephon Tuitt missed about the end of, of the preseason uh, with an ankle injury. Uh, so the Steelers, you know, just have kind of been a wounded team defensively, but that now they have everybody's back. So I think, you know, they averaged the last two preseason games giving up 500 yards a game, which is just awful, you know, put it, you know, frankly. Uh, you know, but again, you're, people aren't looking at the gray and realizing that, hey, you know what, the Steelers' defense as a unit hasn't been together yet. Uh, with that being said, you know, my key – uh, for the Steelers' defense is, you know, two things, really to put pressure on Brady, which is obvious. Uh, you know, we have James Harrison, who's just going to rush the passer. He's going to play 20 to 25 snaps a game. Uh, with Lawrence Timmons back, I think he's going to be the guy, uh, maybe him and or Jarvis Jones or Bud Dupree, one of them has to to lock in on Gronk. To me, Gronk is, is uh, Rob Gronkowski is the biggest key to your offense. Um, he had three touchdowns against us in 2010 when we lost to him, and that was the year that we won the AFC. So that was a good defense that, that faced New England and Gronkowski had his way. Um, do you see a, same, sim, uh, a similar uh, situation tomorrow where Gronk is just going to have a field day, or do you see any scenario where the Steelers can contain this guy? Um, I don't think he's necessarily going to have a field day. Um, but something with Gronkowski is that you notice how his presence on the field has a way of dictating what the defense's coverage will do and – in the past, that's opened up, you know, running back Shane Vereen and other players, and, you know, just having three three defenders block to him down the field, it's, you know, that's that has been very useful before for the Patriots. I, I think you're going to see a lot of uh, two tight end sets with uh, Scott Chandler and Gronkowski in the seams, and also having to account for Brandon LaFell beginning the year on the physically under, able to perform list and so he won't be back till week seven. Um, that might bring Aaron Dobson back into the mix. But uh, I I think that you're going to see the Patriots kind of go more so with LeGarrette Blunt out, with suspended. I think you're going to see um, a lot of 12 personnel and uh, a mix of James White, Deion Lewis, and uh, Travaris Cadet out of the backfield. I don't think they're going to run right at Pittsburgh. Uh, I think it's going to be more so about uh, change of pace backs and two tight end set, and then um, you'll you'll likely see Danny Amendola filter on after Chandler steps out. Right, and you know when I was looking at your team as well, you know you, you do run a lot of two tight end sets, which I think could cause problems for the Steelers. But um, you have Julian Edelman, who is, is just you know the the iconic or just you know the, the prototypical New England Patriot receiver that just 
gets open and just, just catches those short passes to just prolong those drives. I mean, New England is just masters of just giving, taking what the defense gives them. And that's what William McGinnis said last night on NFL Network. He's any, you know, as anybody else would know, uh, that's how New England gets it done. They just take those quick passes. And, um, you know, that's just that's that's what Edelman does. And, and to me, Willie, William Gay, our, our number one cornerback, has to do a good job against him. We have to put pressure on Brady. But I think that's what makes New England so difficult to face as a defense is that, you know, Brady gets rid of the ball so quick, it's almost impossible, you know, unless you just get a great jump off the ball or just totally beat your man, you're going to get to him. So, you know, and that, I think, is, is going back to the Steelers' offense, is what, what makes Martavis Bryant's loss so damaging, is that I don't think New England can, you know, they don't have really the receivers in terms of speed to just, maybe LaFell, but he, he's not playing, with that speed to just burn us down the field consistently just just you know any given play there's that threat and i think that's what bryant gave us and that could have been the difference makers is with our offense and with with d'angelo i think tomorrow the steelers have the better running game we're going to use it more um and we could have had that element of, of the deep ball that i don't think we have anymore you know with brown sure but brown is more of that mid-seam you know kind of 20 yards out receiver he's not a deep ball threat even and that's when people compare him to des bryant that's kind of what people say and I think without right. Bryant, that's going to be the big blow to us. So, yeah, you know, without I, further I, ado, I, you know, what do you what do you think, Oliver? What, what's your what's your prediction for tomorrow night? I'm going to have to say 24-17 Patriots. Okay, I now what? How'd that uh, shake up? <laughs> um, how would that shake up? Yeah. Well, um, I I think that the two tight end sets are, you know, probably going to spread the field a little bit. And obviously with Gronkowski's presence, you know, the way the Steelers players have been talking this week, I think you're, they, they're going to follow up with what they've been saying <laughs> about, you know, jamming him at the line. Um, but that that could have some residual effects elsewhere. I, I will be interested to see how Julian Edelman uh, steps back into the mix after missing the entirety of the preseason. Um, but, you know, I, I don't suspect it will look – like mid-season form, but um, I, I think both defenses will will surprise a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I like I, – well, I don't like your prediction, but it makes a lot of sense. And uh, being on the Steelers' end of things, I do like the Steelers. This was 28-20. I think the Steelers jump out in New England quick. I think New England's offense recovers after an early barrage of blitzes. By the, and the Steelers' red zone does the job and wins the game. So, again, thanks to Oliver Thomas. This has been Brian Yard saying so long. Enjoy tomorrow night's game.